0: Where where, where does what we want come from? Somewhere within all studies of Freud, Sigmund, you will probably come across a map and a quote. The map is of the mind, and the quote is one that is often paraphrased, yet rarely completed or cited. He says, the mind is like an iceberg. It floats with one-seventh of its bulk above the water. There are six parts to Freud's map of the mind, implying the seventh part is either the mind itself or something deeper than the id or the superego, his hemispheres of the subconscious. Of course, I am Martin Johnstone and I disagree. Freud ignores several elements of the mind that are critical to the century we live in. More is a necessity for 21st century life it has to go from something passive to become something to live for. Basic needs Freud will have us think that we are trying to maintain balance by fulfilling the basic needs that the preconscious, the conscious, and the subconscious minds have. The basic needs I have fulfilled in the Freud model are extremes. In the preconscious, I am bored unless something is challenging and uncomfortable. Conflict in the conscious suite where I am trying to be social yet simultaneously maintain my identity as instructed by my ego and my love for noir. And I have no idea in the unconscious mind because I have no access to it. So in this model, I can speculate about my own sense of identity, but I'm helpless because most of my mind, half of an ego, two thirds of my super ego and three quarters of my id are unavailable to me. The reality of the mind. The most important adult in my life and I have a saying. Sea dreams. Those words capture the intangible world just beyond our reach, as designed by Christopher Columbus, who promised that the sea would grant each man new hope, as sleep does dreams. We touch that world in the silly parts of our conversations, in our private moments and in our dreams of one another, fantasies about the life we might have or might have had. My, my, my map of the mind is motivated by a pursuit of separealgia and sea dreams is the admission that we will never know the earth because the mysteries of the ocean outweigh what we have time or capacity for. We will never know our full minds either, so we have to, unlike in the Freudian way, suspend our judgment of ourselves and accept the mysteries. As the ancient Greeks accepted the Eleusinian mysteries, and the recipe for carbonara is a lifelong pursuit, always pork, but in some urbana we find pancetta and in others we find jowl instead, I have to accept that I will never find a carbonara I prefer or a considered view of my own mind. So my de- desires come from somewhere unchartered and messy, exactly what sea dreams feel like. These are Vonnegut's edges, or Kim and Mabornier's unexplored feels, blue ocean wind. Keeping with that attachment to the standard for strategic thinking, the list of companies who ignored Blue ocean strategy and suffered as a result is growing daily. Carillion and Toys R us, for example, in the 21st century so far. What we want is defined by what we know and what we are refusing. They lead us to the places we are yet to map. For example, knowledge of the wall, Pink Floyd, leads me to the library. The library tells me someone, librarian tells me, someone else. Has barred the album section. That person is Jack. Jack introduces me to Adam. Adam introduces me to Queensryche, and they lead me to Seattle. Seattle leads me to Cameron Crow, who leads me to Chris Cornell, who leads me to Mother Lovebone and Pearl Jam. Love for Pearl Jam means I see Vetter live in July 2012. I am in Birmingham on the way to London when I meet Melinda Ehrlich for the first time. She motivates me to create again and leads me to the challenge that was radical notions. These are not unconnected and only linked by me. They are things that were unexplored that I became aware of and refused until I absorbed them as best when they became what I want or my now. There are four major parts to the mind in my mind, the preconscious, the amygdala, the conscious and the subconscious. Combining three intangible pre-sub and conscious minds with one tangible, the amygdala, is an almond-shaped body in your brain, our brains. In the pre-conscious, there are two parts, the sapient, which is what I am thinking, and the sentient, which is what I am feeling. Johnny Cash, once sober and saved, Explained that he thought he got angry quickly. A moment of clarity offered the realization that he woke up angry every day. In the example in his preconscious, he is already thinking angry thoughts and feeling angry, so that all of his expectations and his experiences have to be filtered through anger. First, anger in both the rational and the emotional senses. I think we all do the same thing. We have established what the world has to be filtered through without knowing it. That is our preconscious mind, and it is what leaves the footsteps we follow. The conscious. There are again two moving parts, like those making up the preconscious. They are again sentient, what we are feeling, and sapient, what we are thinking. This time, we have filtered the world through our pre-conscious and what is left is what we are aware of. That is what inhabits our conscious minds. It is what we know we are thinking and feeling. We make choices, though. We decide whether we will be honest with ourselves and others about what we are thinking and feeling. And we spend an inordinate amount of time either expressing these truths or suppressing them. The subconscious I will start with the point, rare for me, but I think it is the easiest way to establish where we are. The subconscious mind is wholly unavailable to us. We have no idea what it is doing or where it is taking us. It gives us dreams and desires and base impulses and idiosyncrasies and foibles and an ocean of other things that are perhaps infinite. All I can do here is offer a slight twist on what most books will tell you about the elements I believe we have no access or control over. Every now and then, though, we are faced with something wholly generated by our subconscious. Which part? Who knows? And we either benefit or learn from it. There is, of course, the imagination where we create from. There is a superego, which is the part marketing departments and data scientists want to influence. It influences us and leads us to the new and exciting places. The ego is the enemy. It is the thing stopping us from being ourselves by making us believe we want something else. The id, I explained it as the child in us. The thing demanding we be better than we are without offering any suggestion how. The amygdala. It is almond-shaped and it is real. It sits at the base of our brain stems and you can look it up in any Gray's Anatomy. Michael Dodge uses it, uses it in Anil's Ghost to explain the journey he takes us on. It begins simply described as being perhaps some bad god. He goes on to explain through majestic and touching prose that it is where we harbor the fugitive fear. In my experience, there are two kinds of fear. The kind that makes you sit up at night waiting for the inevitable and the kind that you can sleep soundly towards only waking when it is upon you because you are prepared. I used to hide from my drunk assailant. Eventually, I stopped being nervous until he arrived to try and kill me and instead slept until I was woken and shaken like a doll. Fear is very personal. It is what makes us a roller or a diver. It is what defines the Gita for us. The Gita for me? That my drunk assailant, my father, didn't want to kill me. He wanted to kill himself. And his anger towards me was because he hadn't accomplished his goal. The Gita is what we run toward, what I eventually ran toward, indifferent towards the consequences or what I was running from, indifferent to another set of costs and consequences. Be aware that we fit in, flit in and out of connections with fear and our instincts. The opposite of insight someone smarter than me once described insight as the reason for something that people hear and simply nod their heads in agreement to i think tim was right but i must admit that i was left remembering what tatiana taught me we innovators are always talking about insight but we are really trying to discover inference that is the key to an artificial intelligence and that is the key to more That is what differentiates the work we are embarking on versus the neural network's journey we have been taking since 1989 as the Dow crashed because of the failed UAL bid. The more you want is right in front of you. You just have to suspend your pursuit of why things happen and focus on where it is taking you, where it is taking us, what we glean from the event itself, how it changes us in every part of our minds, even the parts we cannot access. What I have learned. I run to stay healthy, clear my mind, and remember song lyrics. Is it easier to come to terms with loss, rejection, or grief than with the vulnerability that accompanies intimacy? This is where I fall down. This is the mountain I look forward to climbing. 30 years ago, I answered, what do you want, in one way. I got everything that journey had to offer, including a brand of happiness. I'm now answering in another way. I have no fears. I have no regrets. I'm happy in a new way now. One that allows for sadness. I need music as much as I need sleep. To be happy, to stay motivated, to be healed. I sing. Every day. Sorrow is a place I have visited. I go there in my mind in the same way I have memories of London and Paris. I glimpse sorrow every day. Memories of there jump out at me. Sometimes from around corners. I am a dirty fighter. I am a vicious competitor. I am only interested in winning. That is why I avoid games. That is why I do not play. That is why I let people be wrong with their facts. That is why I do not debate. That is why I will neither fight nor argue nor flee. When people leave, it is best to think of them as dead. Mourn them and be patient because grief is time's greatest foe. My enemies do not have names. They are faceless. They do not have eyes. They cannot harm me. Their weapons cannot prosper. Despite my silence, you are always with me. In my thoughts, in my mind, in my dreams, I fall asleep to you, wake up to you. Nothing will ever stand in the way of that. Even distance has no power over me. Despite your lie, I do not doubt you. I pay attention to your actions and wipe your words away like water spilled in between cups and saucers while we have tea. I forgive everyone. No one really understands the promises they make or when they break them. The Japanese have it right. There is nothing to forgive. It is all in an inconsequential place. The past. My soul is prepared I have nothing left to desire. Death or the threat of it cannot stop me living.